0: Ryan Hoover with Product Hunt Radio. I'm at Bloomer Beta with Dan and Roy. What's up? How's it going guys? Hello. Hey Ryan. This Hello. is fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a while since I've recorded the podcast now. I think maybe two weeks, but You've I been do. Busy. Yeah. Yeah. Yesterday was the final YC dinner and last week was demo day.
1: What was served at the final YC dinner? Uh, it was some
0: chicken and veggies and <laughs> Uh, Some goulash. I don't know. Totally uninspiring. I know it wasn't Change the world on that. I know. I know it could have been better, but you know, I I didn't join YC for the food. Naturally. (laughs) You know, they have other perks. That. Yeah. (laughs) That. Yeah. So what's you want to talk about? Bloomberg Beta, real quick.
1: Sure. So, so I'm Roy Bahat, and uh, I run Bloomberg Beta, which is the venture fund that's backed by Bloomberg. Um, We are focused on transforming the world, work making work better. And our basic model is whatever we don't like that we see others doing in the industry, we try to do the opposite of. So for example, you know, a lot of people are very secretive in the startup world, especially mm-hmm. some investors. So we open sourced our full internal operating manual. That's right, you know, I remember that was six months ago? Something like yeah. that. Yeah, um, on GitHub. Mm-hmm. On mm-hmm. GitHub. And it has been forked, how many times? Let's see, I don't think any other fund has yet to use it. It's been oh. forked 39 times. And you know we had pull requests and issues, so GitHub actually turns out to be a great document management platform. I've oh. been super happy about that, um, and that's just one example. But that you know that venture done a little different. Yeah. We hope.
0: Nice. And you've been—it's been a year, a little over a, little a year, right? A little bit more than a year. Yeah, so yeah, it's little relatively little new. Little new. Totally new. Yeah.
2: And I'm Dan. I joined uh, a couple months after the fund got formed, and, and Roy. Uh, came on here. Uh, I work in ops for the team. I also help the portfolio. Uh, we build a few products too, which is kind of an unusual aspect of the fun. Um, we can get into a few of those uh, a little later on, but it's been a, been a fun ride. There's Dan has f- the most
1: finessed product judgment, um, <laughs> I think, on our team, um, <laughs> which is why it's fun. You know, I think, you, were you the one who turned me on to product hunt in the first place? It, very, it might, might, might have been, but will
2: yeah. uh, credit to Ryan for building that great yes, tool.
1: Thank you for building that tool. Yeah. Um, Well, thanks for using it.
0: Keep those open rates high and those click-through rates high. For sure. Please. Please. As long as you
1: don't start throttling us with email ads and all that kind of stuff. Well, I have something to announce. Uh Um. (laughs) Uh-oh. There you (laughs) go.
0: Yeah. Have you played with the iOS app yet? No. Okay. I'm an Android man. Are you? I
1: have an iPod Touch because I need one as a... Professional in the venture industry to try things. Right. And when yeah. people see it, they're like, what is that iPhone from the future? It's so thin. <laughs> yes. Do I have it? Hold it's on. So thin and light. It's so thin and light. No, yeah. I left it at home today. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but other than that, I am an Android man.
0: Really? What do you? What Android phone are you on right now? The
1: Galaxy S4. Okay.
0: Because I, I want to get an Android phone. I have an iOS, I have an iPhone 5. Yeah. And I can't not have an iPhone partly because that's yeah, yeah, where yeah. most of the new apps are. On. Totally, but totally. I'm missing out on a lot of Android apps right now.
1: Yeah. Get a yeah. note. I think, because its like form this factor is 12, different enough than other things yeah. that you'll learn, you know, whether yeah. you like that or not. I think most people who have it seem to surprisingly really like it. Um, yeah. It's a little ridiculous. It reminds me of, like, the, uh, the, the the cell phone and the brick from Wall Street, like the micro was yeah. like, turn the hand crank on the side. But, know. you know.
0: Yeah, and that illumination, it's just so big. It, it doubles as a weapon, I yeah, think, absolutely. which it's I live in the Tenderloin, Yeah, Yeah, and The be, flashlight is good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we are talking about email products right before this, email tools. Yes. And you apparently have only 14 emails in your inbox somehow, magically.
1: That's 14 new emails in my inbox.
0: Which is somehow some sort of black how many, magic. How many do you have? Uh, over 2,000. I, I, mean, I, I
1: inbox zero twice a day.
0: Yeah I, yeah, I can't do that. I mean, You could if you chose to. Well, I guess I could. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard. Email's hard.
1: What is hard for it about, about it for you?
0: Just a lot of it. And even just reading it, even reading it alone is, is, would take a lot of my time. Yeah. So. And so do you yeah. feel
1: like you're coping with it or not really?
0: It's sort of like when you know you're sick, you just deal with it. Yeah. I'm just dealing with it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So my you know, thing on it is um, reducing first. So yeah. I used to think it was really rude to not to reply to emails, and I still try to reply to everything I get that's clearly written to me as a human being, like meaning that yeah. like somebody actually was thinking about me, wrote to me, I will try to reply. Yeah, I will reply, I mean, I'm, I think I almost always do that. Um, and it's amazing how much less email you get when you stop replying to as many things.
0: Exactly, that's the problem with email too, is the more you use it, the more you respond, the more you get. Yeah, and yeah. the
1: delete key is really underused, and so mm-hmm. the way I think about email, I don't, I'm not great about it, but I try to think of it as a batch process that I run two or three times yeah. a day to go through everything from top to bottom and then only touch an email once. If you're opening up an email thinking to yourself, hmm, maybe I should do something about this. That's my problem. Back.
0: So I will, I was on the Uber, in the Uber earlier today. I yeah. was looking at my email and I'm not going to respond to some emails on the phone, but I, I so I mark it. Because it Too in, many keystrokes. Too many keystrokes. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like, I'll do this later. And this then is do why that I don't like cell phones. phones. Yeah,
1: I want yeah. to bring a portable. I think maybe I'm getting I ought distracted to bring right now. I'm looking at a email Bluetooth locations. keyboard with me for that. Yeah. I love keyboards. Yeah, I want to talk more about keyboards in a minute. I actually yeah. love keyboards, and because they're it's fast, good. they're way faster than typing into your mobile phone.
0: That reminds me, you shared on Twitter some weird keyboard. Yeah, that. Keyboardio. We keyboard. love it.
1: <laughs> I love Keyboardio. Is it a real thing? Yes, it's a real thing. It was in the Highway One most recent class. Really? Um, they took it to OSCON. Mm-hmm. It is, it was designed um, by a husband-wife team. Jesse Vincent and Kaya Decker. And um, I will do my, I'll describe why I'm so excited about it. The reason I'm so excited about it is they finally, somebody finally said the thing I've been thinking for a long time, which is we, in our profession, our instrument is the keyboard. Yeah. And if you look at any other profession, people take their primary instrument very seriously. If I'm a violinist, oh, yeah. I will take very good care of my instrument. You know, pick your profession. And yet, we all type on these $50 pieces of plastic, even if they're $50 pieces of very nicely sculpted aluminum, yeah. they're not for, built for comfort, they're not built for speed, they're not built for aesthetics, and so these guys basically built, you know, uh, the keyboard to rule them all. Yeah. And then the thing that's really cool about it is it's got an Arduino inside, And the idea is over time, my description, not theirs, you could um, add all kinds of um, personal productivity recipes to it basically to do stuff. So the Mm. macro that I use eight times a day to do X, I would so much rather have a keystroke. And I'm sure there's some way to do that on a Mac, let's say, but it's not built to do that. So I've never discovered it. I've never taken the time to figure it out, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it just kind Mm. of, you know, looks cool. It, it, yeah, it looks like a butterfly, which is like a butterfly. their logo. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, the first version, so they, they updated their site since I saw this, and it looks now like a real product. But yeah. before it was, I remember seeing it was some, it looked like someone just made it in a garage. Yeah. Yeah, and it, maybe they didn't. <laughs> yeah, and some but,
1: of the best stuff started out that way. So uh, Exactly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think they've hacked many versions and have steadily yeah. iterated on it. But oh. I mean, They're obsessing over everything from, like, what is the shape of the keycap. To the clickiness sound of the switches. That's important stuff. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's the kind of stuff that you don't think about, but then when it's actually right, you really appreciate it without knowing yeah. why. I mean, I had this debate, I remember on Twitter, I think, with somebody a few months ago about fast products that, like, I would do a hypothetical venture fund. That was, we only fund faster working versions of already existing things. Um, because it's such an underappreciated element of the success of any product. Yeah. And um, and you know the counter argument was, well, no user ever said, I would pick this product because it's faster. And of course, yeah. that's the point. No user would ever say it. But that's why he or she would be magnetically drawn towards some other thing. It's just because yeah. you know under 200 milliseconds, we don't perceive... Actually, if you're a gamer, you know that even lags of 70 or 80 milliseconds can... Oh, I had so much frustration
0: in my my parents' country home with dial-up internet, trying to play TFC. I would be looking at my, my ping at best. At best would be 250 And you're like, I'll never is, be able to play. No, yeah. I would not be able to compete. Yeah. And, you know, I let my, my clan down. Uh, <laughs> really I'm pin- sorry to hear that. I know, I know. I'm sure
1: your parents in their country home were also very disappointed. Yes. They're like, get off the computer. Yeah, it's
0: like, stop cussing at the computer. Yeah. Um, but so my yeah. basic
1: thing is, so batch on email. And then once you're going to use a tool, my basic view is... Flow as many valuable things as you can through that tool and get expert at it. So, like yeah. as a kid, I played like typing games to teach myself to type faster. Mm-hmm. Mavis Beacon teaches typing to me is still the best educational game that has ever been created. And with email, like email's my to-do list. Dan's laughing because he's like seen all these absurd email <laughs> habits of ours. Um, email's my to-do list. I would love to use email as the command line for my life. Like, I'd love to yeah. buy a book on Amazon by email. I definitely love to put stuff in Why my don't calendar you, you by email. Write a book. But nobody would read that. I know, I know. Um, know. Write it by email about something else. (laughs) And the the product that I really love that um, that I just put into Product Hunter, tried to, is Nudge Mail, which is, you know, very frequently when you open an email and you don't do anything with it, the danger is it's like this subtle mental overhead. It sits there in your inbox. You glance at it. Some recess of your brain thinks about it, and it's there, and you're thinking about it. Yep. And the main reason why, one of the main reasons why I think that is, it's one of these email deferral mm-hmm. services, because you open it and you're like, I am going to respond to this, but I can't do it until X happens. Mm-hmm. And so I just forward it to myself in the future. And my inbox tells me what to do. Actually, the truth is, I am my inbox's to-do list. Um, yep. You know, it tells me what to do, and I just follow the commands that yep. past Roy has given to present Roy. And... <laughs> um, and the cool thing about it is, once you start to do that, you solve one problem, but it creates all kinds of other opportunities. Which is like reminders. You know, like yep. if I want a reminder to do something, I email it to myself at some point in the future. If I don't want it to just land in my inbox, I hack this thing with Twilio where I can email from a certain account, and it'll text me at that point in the future. Mm. And that's kind of you know useful too. Blah, do you blah, use Ift at all? For use? I do. Ift has uh, so I've used Ift for some stuff. I try to use Ift to set up where if I fave. Something on Gmail, if I started on Gmail, it would automatically, because I'm actually like the keystrokes of forwarding things to myself. And it didn't work for some reason. So I have a few few if recipes sitting around, but it's never quite like really worked for me. I don't know why. It's the kind of product I want to want. By the way, Keyboardio is like if if met a keyboard in some ways, and you could program your keyboard to do some of this stuff. Anyway, but yeah, it's the kind of product I want to want.
0: That's just your. Probably like a third or fourth person that said that in the past month to me is like Ift is one of those products that people love, but they don't know how to use it. Yeah, they're like, I should be using this probably, uh, and it's it's very it's very advanced. It's almost too advanced. It's like yeah. where do I begin? Uh, so is it, you know Zapier
1: at all? Uh, I know about it, but I don't know it. What yeah. is it exactly? It's like it's well, got some like API integration. Like exactly. I think I saw yeah. it when I tried to build some Slack, you know, tie into something.
0: Yep. Yeah. So it's it's more of a B two B Ift. Right. For the e- most e- part, e- and those guys—they're awesome. They actually integrated with our API just recently. Yeah. So we have a channel now on Zapier, and you can do a number of things. You can have it, you know, email or text you when a product is posted. Yeah. Uh, if awesome. you comment, I could have that like text me and notify me when Dan makes a comment, for example. That's yeah, they awesome. Yeah. Very so,
2: precise controls about like just just give me Ryan's additions to yeah. Python or just what, give do me you remember design. what we were trying to do with Zapier and uh, Slack? I think when we were getting geared up with Slack in the recent weeks. Um, you can plug in a bunch of services. So we were using Bonusly, we were using Twitter, right, and just right, right. creating channels for those so we can yeah. uh,
1: see it all in a single yeah, so single. So I'm file. ready for it's email cool. as the command line for my life to, I don't know.
2: And yeah, we've extended it to I mean something like a CRM. We oftentimes are plagued with um, engagement challenges because folks don't want to navigate to Salesforce or what have you to, yep. to enter their data. And uh, we use kind of a bespoke tool for for our for our deal tracking, and the best part about it is we can uh, just um, sort of auto-generate a set of descriptors in our in our new compose message mm-hmm. and, and forward it in. The data gets logged according to the deal. Yeah, it almost That's looks cool. like
1: writing like a JSON blob into your email, you and it true. just parses it correctly. Mm-hmm. And we tried, by the way, all of these other like I was shocked a year and a half ago. We we're like, we're, we're going to really? use. Like a new email, a new CRM. It's gonna yeah. be awesome. Come on, there's like 50 CRM startups. So for sure, something is gonna be good. Um, and none of them work for us. Really? Like we literally had to do this thing that is like a guy who's probably supports I don't know how many you know venture and private equity teams. And actually, like the magic of having a guy is pretty awesome because like when we have a feature request, he emails back. Like I got locked out of my account a few times. And he emailed me and he's like, it looks like you're trying to get into your account. Did you forget your <laughs> password? Can I reset it for you? I was like, are you fucking? Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, pretty cool. He's a tab,
2: So that's, you can't co- sort of unders- underscore the value of the It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. And it just reminded
1: me that we have this received wisdom in Silicon Valley um, and in the technology startup industry generally, not just in Silicon Valley, yeah. that the way we build products is the best way because we've tried all these other things. And I think yeah. that that's just false. Like, it is the best for certain kinds of things, but sometimes the thing that solves your problem is one guy running a highly profitable bootstrap business. I don't know if he's 12 or 72, (laughs) like, you know, and I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. There's,
0: I was talking to a friend of mine, he's doing this startup that's focused on kind of middle America B2B brick and mortar businesses. And the initial assumption coming from Silicon Valley is that, you know, they probably use email to communicate with their team and their employees, right? Well not really. It's like SMS is largely sure. how they communicate. And so just after talking to many of his customers, it's like he's building a business on top of SMS. One which doesn't use a mobile application, doesn't use email, it just uses SMS protocol awesome. to communicate. There's there's a lot of assumptions we have, you know, just because we're in this world. Totally I mean <laughs> totally I was different. I was
1: talking to this founder a few months ago and asking her, Why did she build a mobile app for her service first? Thinking in my head, why a website? And then I realized yeah. I was asking I was like, why does this even need a website? And, yeah. I don't know, there's like versions of Zork that you can play by SMS. I mean, you start to realize,
2: yeah. what did you guys call it earlier? Visible apps. apps, yeah. that's really powerful. It's a, yeah. it's a layer that's, that's increasingly important. Yeah. Uh, you're getting a lot of utility just in the background from things that mm-hmm. you, you don't often have to spend time even you've been thinking about, but uh, in a weekly or a monthly summer, you get some sort of value to yeah. to your inbox so yeah. or wherever you wherever Or Google in.
1: Now. I mean, I think Google Now is a great example of that, where, like, the app is the notification, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So Jarvis is kind of an invisible mm-hmm. app that was on product in a month or two ago. What and is Jarvis? Jarvis is a virtual assistant. But what's yeah. unique, you were just talking about virtual uh, earlier, which you use, what's unique about yeah. Jarvis is it's a brand new product, but it doesn't have a mobile app. It doesn't really even have a web, I mean, it has a website, but yeah. you just sign up. And the way you interact is you just text message this number. So, you know, their entire interface is just text. And what's beautiful about that is, is it jarv.com? Did they change their, their address? Yeah, but that was
1: the link from product
0: Hunt. Oh, maybe. This is They better not be down. They're, well, maybe. You're like, now
1: I understand why nobody's gotten back to me scheduling any of these things I yeah, trying to set up. Yeah, it, it maybe, well,
0: it brings a whole new meaning to invisible app now. Yeah, yeah there um, you go. <laughs> well, assuming it it is live. Yes. The idea is that, you know, you just have this, this number in your phone and what's beautiful about that is you're always going to first check your, your iMessage or your, your SMS message. You're always going to have access to that. You also don't have to worry about internet connection. Totally. And it's just simple. And what does it take to build that compared to a mobile app itself?
1: By the way, okay. that's the other thing I love about email is offline works fine. Connections, unreliable, yeah. great. Batch it for later. You know, I, I use yeah. Gmail offline a ton just faster
0: yeah i need to do that because there's a there's an extension for that yeah. right yeah,
1: or yeah it's
2: right. an extension or you just have or to like, turn on yeah it's like a labs yeah. feature or something like yeah. that right um, you're striking on the fact that he, he's building on mobile and I, I i there's this notion that's kind of sitting in my head about um like giving out notifications of the new inbox like mm-hmm. priority order text still comes before most notifications in my in my like internal Mental model of, yeah, of, totally. of things that I check because uh, that just seems like the most. And don't you feel? I, I remember the first time a
1: business kind of like somebody I met at work texted
2: me something about a meeting. Yeah. I was like, "Whoa!" It's like you showed up in my like <laughs> living room. Weird. And we're gonna have to get used to it. I think a lot of people yeah. think that's kind of like sacred sacred territory. But increasingly, as your restaurant reservations to let you know, um, as your I just I just uh, in the last couple months I've been using Digit, uh, which is like a, yeah. a, a way to squirrel away some savings from your checking account. With it's like intelligently takes money out of your checking account puts it in a savings account and you don't really notice it missing because it's following your spending patterns that's Um, cool and i don't ever check out their web interface because it's effectively non-existent but i get a text message every two weeks it said oh your digit balance increased from whatever to Mm -hmm. whatever and it's just kind of living in the background i hope that money
1: describe themselves as an sms bot that's amazing an sms bot that saves you money and i hope that money's in a
2: I'm pretty sure it's an FDIC back, uh, account for me. But one they, they pulled away a couple hundred bucks from my checking account and I haven't huh. really missed it. And it's that's just of awesome. living in the background. So I think that's awesome. A good rainy day uh tool.
1: And I think you know one, one of the patterns here is we are seeing it's very tempting now to dismiss um meaningless innovation. Oh, another app for getting your food delivered, you know, he yeah. says as he like logs into Montreal to get dinner for tonight. Yeah. Um yeah. <laughs> I think it is incredibly meaningful when things we use all day long get better. Just simply mm-hmm. get a little bit better. That's huge. And it doesn't all have to be just because something is a modest tweak doesn't necessarily make it trivial. Yeah. Um, and so I look at stuff like Slack and Medium, to me, are the two examples of that, you know, which are great to look yeah, at. And absolutely. other product categories that are right for that. Like, I think the email list is ripe for that, the group discussion. Ooh. I mean, we have held off on setting up a group discussion tool for our founders because I don't wanna drop yet another Google group in their face that annoys them with like every email and I don't know. Yeah. It's good, but something better is possible.
0: Yeah. So you actually remind me of an app that was posted earlier today called RubCam, which sounds really weird. I know. Not gonna check it out. It just <laughs> roll with it here. So RubCam. It's a very simple app and actually I made a comment here where it's 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 a camera app and it uses unique gestures. So it's, you open it up, you have a camera, and to take a picture, you swipe down instead of pressing a button. The intention is that, you know, when you press a button, sometimes you like move your hand. Yeah, it's and you miss, things. it's slow. Yeah, so you swipe down to take a picture, you swipe right to save a picture, you swipe left to share, so it's using these unique interactions, which this app is probably not gonna blow up, but it's not gonna be the On next, like, Android, did you do
1: that across any app? Because, like, you know how, like, Facebook chat heads, you know, like, pops up and interrupts yeah. in front of every app, I keep yeah. not understanding why they're the only ones who are able to do that. I just haven't really looked into it and understood it well yeah. enough. It would
2: be awesome to have a gesture that took a picture no matter where you are, yeah, when, so anytime. Yeah, Moto, yeah, on my Moto X, a built-in feature is like two turns of the wrist activates the camera, and oh, uh, it does like even mm-hmm. silent? Show us okay. that. Oh, okay. Ooh.
1: Yeah. Wow. And so there's I did. But it's so slow. See, look in the two seconds. Wow, the camera's got to boot. Yeah. but that's my point. It's like actually, you know, when I asked a friend who takes a bunch of pictures, why was he like lugging around a camera with him? He's like, it's slow. Like yep. I think a class example, if you just had a faster camera, it would be a way better rot.
0: You probably use it more often. I use Snapchat to take photos. Not not to share it on Snapchat, but to take photos just because it's the easiest and fastest thing to open up. Is that right? It immediately goes to the camera. Yeah. And I'll throw a filter on there, I'll save it to my camera roll and I'll share yeah, it later. That's cool. Yeah.
2: So, um, this yeah, this reminds me talking about like making things incrementally faster. Uh Back maybe a year ago, I think it was a post from MG Sigler about front back of all things. Um, yeah. There's like final line in the in, in the in the post was something like sometimes the smallest change in like um, whether it's behavior pattern or uh, a uh, like a interface can yield like the sea change of result in getting folks to engage. And yeah. I think I think that's sort of sometimes
1: the smallest tweaks at just the right time can lift the barriers holding back new behavior. Yeah. So it mm-hmm. yeah. sticks with me.
0: <laughs> yeah. And so of course the front facing camera is, is what enabled at least that, that opportunity yeah. in many others. Um, and it, in fact it kind of led to the whole self, like without the front facing camera, we would not have this whole selfie movement or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's too hard to take a selfie when you do one of these. So tried it. Believe me. Um, so any cool products you've been looking at, Dan, other than these invisible apps?
2: Um, categorically. I know
0: you've been gone fishing. You just got back from vacation, so you're. Yeah, no. Out of the zone here.
2: Um, so one I had down that I think really just dawned on me towards the end of YC, one of your classmates um, yeah. of all people, was Checker, and yeah. their background screens as a service, um, and that's something that is like. I mean, I mean, they're, so they're riding on the back of uh, sort of this this on-demand economy, and, and folks like Instacart and Uber mm-hmm. and, and Homejoy having to scale up tons and tons and tons of vetted professionals to uh, sort of fill the supply side of their of their service, and there's no way to sort of validate these folks quickly enough. Yeah. Um, and so they've sort of built hooks into all the sort of far-reaching state and local jurisdictions um, for for. Traffic records and and like simple uh, criminal court stuff. And This is all yeah. public record, but it really requires folks um, going to that particular uh, jurisdiction and, and pulling the record. Yeah. And they sort of I guess scoured the the states and and. Built hooks and it's basically an API. And it have getting a hundred times less expensive than an alternative. Ten times. Less I've seen expensive. tools that cost anywhere from seven fifty to fifteen hundred bucks to do a simple background screen on someone. And what yeah. does a Checker cost? Thirty bucks. That's yeah. awesome. It's yeah, so we good. do public record searches on
1: our founders. I do. Yeah, before yeah. we invest, not so much. Because, you know, and we struggled with finding something ourselves. Not so much because yeah. it's like, oh, let's investigate them and know all about them. As my partner James pointed out, his best investment ever. And he's been doing VC a long time than I. am, He's like, the rap sheet on this guy was very long. <laughs> and
0: it could be a good sign, you know. Yeah, right. something. And the here. point is, you know what,
1: it's like everybody's got a story. And you just mm-hmm. want to understand the story. And so it more helps yeah. you just, there's so few, when you're talking to companies, you're talking to them quickly there's so few things you can learn that don't come directly from the company that yeah. any piece of data like that is really valuable for forming a picture. And then you end up having these amazing conversations with people who are like, hey, we saw X. And then they're like, oh yeah, that blah, 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 blah explanation. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. cool. Um, so it actually, in general, ends up being a very positive um, thing. And that's yeah. cool, Dan, that Checker makes that aspect of your life um, a little bit easier. <laughs> Checker- it makes me think of another government product. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, heard? I
0: was just going to say, Checker is... is- so it was Checker was in my group at mm-hmm. YC, oh, and so I'm good. familiar with them. And great guys, they're they're hitting the market at such a perfect time because, as you mentioned, you like imagine. Uber alone is just growing like crazy, mm-hmm. and they're hiring so many people. Lyft, Homejoy, Sprig, Montreal, like all these companies are needing to do background checks, and these people are uh, relatively high turnover. Like they they're doing a lot of volume, mm-hmm. and just one contract is is hugely valuable for them. I mean, yeah. it's the
2: difference of uh, a five to seven day turnaround to a less than like 90 second uh, like. Query. Is that right? Yeah. Holy yeah. moly. Um, yeah. And so, and it's not just like giving you the details, it gives you a recommendation. And so it's like literally, you see green, you move forward, you see red or yellow, you like go from there. That's awesome. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's like super simplification of the process. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. It's sort of one of those products where you're like, that didn't exist before. Oh, totally, and I love it's, that. It's like
2: just a little bit of legwork up front, right. probably, probably a lot of legwork up front, but um, the the value is like immediately, immediately there for some, for a lot of these folks out there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just thinking about all the other ways that one might be able to use such a thing, email it to self. Um, <laughs> so it, you know, it's funny it, the, the Checker product reminds me. It's sort of I've seen a bunch of turn cumbersome government processes into yeah. products. A cool one that's from a nonprofit is you know what the foia is is a freedom nope. of information act request so a lot of organizations go to the government right. through a prescribed process to request publicly available information mm-hmm. and it's hugely valuable to the public because you could find out you know evidence of malfeasance or of or, or even you know less kind of nefariously <laughs> you know you can understand the policies that are winding their way through something but right. they're very hard to get because Different levels of government have their own rules. To be fair to the government, I used to work in the city government. It's incredibly time-consuming. Like somebody asks you, submits yeah. a FOIA request for all the documents related to some project. Like how are you going to go find that stuff? So someplace yeah. they charge you for it. So this nonprofit called the Center for Investigative um, Reporting built a FOIA machine, and they kickstarted it. And it was basically like, let's have a robot know all the rules and right. when to follow up with people. And we didn't get that thing back, and blah blah blah. Um, I'm not sure if they've huh. launched it yet. Um, But, you know, it's just a great example of taking... I love it when software takes annoying complexity out of the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, especially anything to do with government. No offense, anyone working in government, but they're just really difficult to deal with generally when it comes to, like, the usability of a product, especially when it comes to technology. Any government website, you go there and I just get confused and overwhelmed and... Why don't more people in technology in startups just make it more usable, make their websites more usable, please? Yeah. Uh, uh, <laughs> just you know, OpenGov
1: is trying to do that a little yeah. bit, is going to municipalities and helping make their budget data at least presentable and yeah. navigable. Um, and obviously Code for America you yeah. know, with a, with a different model um, is trying to create better applications built by government. You know, New York City. Like Bloomberg as mayor, you know, did a bunch of stuff to bring government in and build like a real call center function that was data driven and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah.
0: It's moving in the right direction, I think. Totally. You mentioned robots and there's one that I have to to bring up called Savvy One.
1: No. What is Savvy One?
0: Savvy One is, it's actually a robot designed for hotels and it delivers, you know, when you call down and you need, oh, I need toothbrush or, oh, I need like forks (laughs) and knives. Yeah. It's a robot that delivers whatever you need.
1: And you know, oh, we had that long ago. We called it the dumbwaiter. Well, no. A that, dumb waiter is just like a small you know, elevator. It's chair. like a small elevator oh, right, inside yes. of a house and somebody <laughs> just put it in. That's right. You know, it was the dumb waiter bot.
0: Yeah. Um, they didn't talk to you though. This was sort of, savvy
1: talk to you? Yeah. Actually, I don't want it to talk to me. I just want it to show up with the toothbrush. Me the toothbrush. It's yeah.
0: it's kind of, it reminds me of Eve from Wally. Yes. It's got that that fun kind of upbeat friendly vibe. Also kind of creepy. But Yeah. I want it I can...
1: delivered by a double robotics, you know, iPad on a stick robot.
0: <laughs> it's it's pretty neat. So let me pull it up here. They have a, a sweet video. And it has that white aesthetic. A little bit like Portal
1: kind oh, of. Oh yeah, the sure. Game. The game. Yeah. Great game. I'm waiting for a Gladys-voiced uh, Product Hunt radio. Ooh. I'm here with Gladys. That would be fun. What kind of lasers do you like?
0: This is probably not great radio because I'm watching a video right now. So there's a robot going to the door. The door opens. Empower staff to do more.
1: Hello. Well Wow, it looks like a, delivery. It's like a nice version of the trash can robot from Star Wars. <laughs> this is... <laughs> yeah. uh, looks like a copy machine with wheels. Kind of, yeah. Or a yeah. shredder. Or what? Or a shredder. A shredder. A shredder with wheels. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Service with a robot smile. It's yeah. only a matter of time. Have you read um, uh, The Man Who Lied to His Laptop? I think that's what it's called. No. So it's a great book. I was having an email debate with somebody about, you know, what are the kinds of work that robots will do versus humans will do obviously we spend a lot of time thinking about the future of work right i think software has this dual-edged property which is it eliminates a lot of the annoying parts of work but then yeah. also eliminates the work right. which is problematic um, for a bunch of ways so this guy clifford nass who was a stanford professor i believe he passed away not too long ago wrote this book called the man who lied to his laptop and he was the basic idea of the book is we imbue robots and software with human qualities to degree that you would not believe and one you know the psych study where people like literally were like typing answers to a question into a laptop and lying yeah. to the laptop and mm. he was a consultant to Microsoft about Clippy do you remember Clippy yeah of course yeah. yes and Good and he Clippy. diagnosed why we all hated Clippy and the point is like you couldn't separate that it wasn't that it wasn't a thing you you thought there was this annoying being in there yeah um and you know i think as we look at hardware products that do work um software products that automate aspects of work like i think and ai where you know we have been incredibly focused on machine learning services as have many um there's a lot of thorny questions here. Mm-hmm. Um, we well, have answers to lots of them.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine a world where most of the jobs today are not automated or, or done by robots. And when you, if you believe that to be true, what does the world look like? What does everyone else do? We need productive
1: um, things to do with our time. That's exactly. why I'm a believer in the basic income guarantee, but let's leave that for a different episode. Yeah, that's a different episode. episode. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that is a fascinating topic. Yeah. Yeah. I have two product hunt questions. My yes. first one is given that products are dynamic things like Mm -hmm. you know people are not going to come back they might not find the new thing Yep. seems to me products are less about hearing of the product period and or as much about that as about participating in or following its evolution through time products that were once awful like i think of a product you know in the game world let's take steam you know which is valve's you know store when it first launched it was not something that people would really like to use right and man did they steadily make it better make it better make it better and then at some point it just became magical a very anti-apple way of doing things yeah where the thing did not debut on day one as a brilliant thing right how, what do you how do you think about what role product ought to play in that? yeah
0: so right now it's it's very simple and it's somewhat ephemeral in that it's a list of products and it's very hard to go back in time unless right. you know the product name and you search yeah. for it. Or you type in email and you start browsing. Right. Uh, it's very hard to go back in time, and we have, I don't know, seven thousand products posted. And when you right say now. back
1: in time, what you mean is the time at which the product was first placed onto Product time. Correct.
0: Mm-hmm. And when it's posted, you get activity, you get upvotes, you get comments. But after the, the first day yeah. or two, it kind of it dies yeah, down. Yeah, sure. It's like dig. It's like yeah. a stream. Yeah, exactly. And that's intentional. It's yeah, designed yeah. like that. And it's However, got great advantages for that reason. Exactly. Yeah. But you bring up a good point that you know, there are updates to these products and people want to know about these updates. Some of them take it, for example, uh, Snapchat. Like when Snapchat first launched two, what, two and a half, three years ago, uh, maybe even longer, you know, it, it wasn't very well known, and it's relatively simple, but since then they've, they've evolved and it changed it significantly. Like, my, uh, what is it, My Stories was probably the, the biggest shift or biggest update in the product and it changed what it is. And then they added some other things like Our Stories and the chat, and so now it's this chat interface where I use it as a communication tool. So Snapchat is just one example of a product yeah. that does evolve over time. And the way that we're handling it right now is there are sometimes updates to these products which are posted and it re-engages conversation and discovery. And you just
1: basically have a meaningfulness, kind of a threshold of it's an important yeah. enough product and or an important enough change to that product where exactly. it deserves a repost. Yeah,
0: now it, right now it's subjective. So yeah, there's yeah, some, some feature updates yeah, or other, okay. yeah, which is okay, it's fine for now. But where I see an opportunity is if you upvoted Snapchat, two or three years ago, whenever it was posted on Product Hunt to begin with, you might want to know about these updates. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, so we, and you've upvoted this, so we, we have some uh, some signal that you have interest in this. So we can now re-engage you, or at least we, we can give that company or that founder, that maker, an opportunity to bring you back. Sure. And kind and I of think that's awesome. Um, there are other things that we're exploring too, in terms of like we're, we're exploring collections of products. Today was a bunch of photos and video collection yeah. uh, apps Yesterday was like Tinder for X, so we're kind of bundling. Yes, I past saw that. Products. I tried
1: Jobber because of that, which I've been meaning really? to try. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was silly. I, I haven't actually tried it. Yeah, it's. I mean, I mean, here's my issue with it. It's yeah. not Jobber specifically. Yeah. The whole idea of that matchmaking um, uh, mechanism for something that is really deeply important, like not like yeah. who am I going to hang out with, you yeah. know, for a few minutes, but like my job, is it seems to. Trivialize too something. Kind yeah, of. yeah, but I mean, maybe that's not bad or maybe it works for certain kinds of jobs. I don't know. I just need to think about it more. Let me you this. Are there categories yeah. of products where you feel like Product Hunt is under or overrepresented where you wish more people who use X kind of product?
0: Yeah. So we're starting to identify different categories, kind of sub-communities within Product Hunt. And longer term, I've been pretty public with this. We will create different communities. And one of them is gaming, which you're very familiar with and gaming is is a subcategory within product hunt that's starting to emerge more and more particularly mobile gaming i think and it's an
1: awesome application for it
0: exactly so i mean right now games let's take mobile games specifically there's so many out there so there's a wealth of of creation more so today than ever before and there's also a huge community of people who are passionate about video games like they self they identify themselves as a gamer and and we're starting to see this emerge in the community already. So I'm excited for the day when we do release that sub-community that's focused yeah. just on- let's have,
1: let's have that conversation. I think that uh, I have some thoughts on, on that, for, that for another time. That. Yeah, the other one that it's just struck me, I mean, I entered in IPython Notebook last night. It just struck yeah. me that developer-facing products, you have a bunch of consumer-facing products, enterprise products a little harder because you can't really test them. Always, yeah. sometimes you can. Yeah. but there's a bunch of developer-y stuff, like open source projects that start to take off. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder what role those ought to play over time. I mean, for folks who don't know, Python I, I Notebook is sort of like if you were to mash a collaborative document writing process with data analysis in the browser, presentation all together in one thing, which is actually what people end up doing with it, right? Like they'll yeah. do an analysis and embed an Excel chart into a PowerPoint, you know, this is just like, do it all natively yeah. in a single place with some fairly powerful data analysis. Um, but it wasn't there, despite being a thing a bunch of people use. And I guess I just wonder what the right way is to think about, like, an open yeah. source project or not that hypothetical. I've actually
0: thought about what only open source products would look like and what yeah. would happen there. And I think that could be really exciting because these are products that anyone can contribute to and totally. be a part of. And you now have this community of passionate people that can sort of collaborate and discover the same thing and work together. Like, already we're seeing people, whether it's uh, founders and investors or like a designer developer inside the comments, kind of connecting and clashing. And some of them are, you know, in this case, like investors are investing in these companies. Some of these other people are building stuff together. I mean, there's these, the serendipity is happening. Um, and to do that within an open source environment is kind of encourages creation even more so than anything else. So who knows, maybe we'll have an open source hunt someday. It could be fun.
1: That'd be fun. Yeah. I love the idea so sort of stack exchange-ish of going yeah. to multiple categories. Is that how to think about it?
0: Exactly, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, still figuring out exactly what that looks like, but that's that's the idea. You know, Reddit has well, been well, a... if we a turn off problems. the
1: microphone, I will give you a long <laughs> list of secrets about mobile videos. Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Well, I think that's a good... <laughs> <talk about then. laughs>
1: there we go. <laughs> yes. Awesome. So, Thank you for building product on... And doing product on radio. I mean, I think the... Yeah. The burst of, of really worthwhile... Technology podcasts is awesome and so thank you for it.
0: Yeah. I think, I'm glad you I think you emailed me when you were listening to, to one of the podcasts and, and I, you, you turned Roy on to product hunt, didn't you? Dan?
2: I, I like to stay I keep my fingers on the pulse. Nice. Of, uh, is
0: there anything you guys want to mention or plug or anything that you're working on?
1: Nope.
0: Nope?
1: I, uh, yes. I will not <laughs> plug anything we're working on. I will say we have a long list of ideas that are founder constrained meaning things we wish were built, that we wish we could find a founder who wanted to build. And so for the founders who don't quite know what they want to build, we're the day zero guys who fund you, you know, we did that future founder thing to identify people who were not yet founders using data with Mattermark. We built our first product, which is this um, two margins, it's uh, collaborative annotations of SEC filings, because they're hard to understand, and if people, and it's actually, you know, getting some good stuff on there. And uh, we want to create another one around Um, professional networks a new kind of professional network sort of if Hmm. YPO you know what YPO is? no, it's YPO is like the young president's organization Hmm. if YPO which is this like membership club of CEOs basically that pay a bunch of money to to meet each other Mm -hmm. were crossed with an AA group and for any profession it would be a modern version of a guild and if we find a founder Hmm. to start that that would be awesome
0: do you have all this public, the things that you're looking for people to build, or is no, more... No, they
1: change. I yeah. probably should, I just haven't had time to do the work to put them out. I mean, I'd start yeah. you know, tweeting and blogging a bunch, and yeah. you know. Because uh, YC
0: has the request for startups. Yeah. Is, they it's refresh it every batch, which is...
1: Totally, I should get refresh. in the discipline of doing that, although I think yeah. it's less about, at any one time, it's less about, here's my laundry list, right? and it's more like, as a founder, I can't get this one thing out of my head, you know, so yeah. somebody help me do it, please.
0: Yeah. <laughs> We've been talking about doing a request for products on Hunt, where it's a bunch of ideas from the community, from ourselves, of things that should exist, yes. and just sort of to encourage and give people ideas.
1: Well, I, you know, I used to joke about the X for Y thing, like you used yeah. to Tinder to friends, yeah. and then somebody's like, you know, Facebook was Friendster for college, and it's like, hmm, that's an excellent you know, point.
0: It's become a cliche, but it's actually very useful. Yeah, but, so sometimes. you can
1: imagine a hackathon. Where each team, yes. Top Chef style, just drew what it was, and they had to go build that thing. Oh, um,
0: genius! So we're gonna do a hackathon in probably a there's month. your format for
1: it. There you we don't go. get to decide what to build. You just draw. It's the blank for blank hackathon, and you yes. just have a long list, and people draw. It's like the knives and Top Chef come out, and then Thanks. you know, sorry, but you're building. Open I don't know. Yeah, you're building. <laughs> you know, yeah, Airbnb. <laughs> Airbnb for moving companies or whatever. That is it probably exists Yeah, it it's probably on product <laughs> <I'm>
2: sure yeah <laughs> amazing stuff getting built out there
0: yeah it's cool
2: um no I mean you, you keep keep fighting the good fight you got some interesting cool. stuff going on here love love visiting as often as I can and
0: don't go on any more trips you gotta you gotta stay on no more on trips you're gonna, you're gonna miss on a That's whole right. week back, of stuff
2: back in the swing of things <laughs> Two Two three gotta ghostwrite all our tweets
1: who's gonna ghostwrite all our tweets if you keep going on vacation <laughs> you can buffer that yeah, you can <laughs> buffer that uh, you can buffer that there you go <laughs> okay <laughs> Thanks for Thank you. Take
0: care. Ron. See you.